Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Hello there, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And we have this special short little promo ad that we're running here. This week uh, is the week of April 5th. April 5th is Glenn Pop Warner's birthday, and we are celebrating all week long. And we have some great uh, specials uh, from some of our friends, including Jeffrey Miller, who will have a full-length episode. He wrote the biography on Pop Warner. Uh, actually, he lives in Springville, New York, the hometown of the great coach. And so we have some great uh, things we're going to be talking there today. We're going to have a, a sneak peek of uh, what Jeff's talking about. This is actually an extra excerpt. So this is a extra edition from Jeff's book where he talks about this tremendous play uh, that Pop Warner came up with in the era before the running game. This is old time, you know, basically stocking cap era football, uh, rough and tumble and, you know, you're running the ball every single play. This is a little play uh, called the hunchback play that really had an impact on football. One of the many innovations that Glenn Pop Warner did for the game of football. So enjoy this from Jeff and make sure you tune in tomorrow for the full length episode of the interview with Jeff Miller on Pop Warner on his birthday, April 5th. While putting together the game plan to be used against State, Warner decided to activate the play the team had been tinkering with at practice throughout the season. The play, later dubbed the hunchback or hidden ball trick, had been used successfully by the Cornell scrub team in scrimmage games against the varsity, and the coach believed it could work in an actual game. The play was not new. In fact, it had first been employed by John Heisman's Auburn team in a game against Vanderbilt two years earlier. But no documentation exists that can verify whether Warner was aware of Heisman's prior usage. And though Heisman had indeed used it first, the play became associated with, with Warner for his successful employment of it and on at least two occasions, the first time in this game against Penn State and later more famously while he was coaching at Carlisle. As Cornell halfback Ellen Whiting recalled years later, Warner had the team practice the play throughout the week leading up to the contest. Pop arranged to have a strong elastic placed in the bottom of my jersey. He then got us out on the field to coach us in the new play. It could only be used on kickoffs. As soon as I realized it was well placed under my jersey, I would yell and the whole team would yell and start bent shape in all directions. I would go straight down the field. As it turned out, the trick play wasn't even needed for Cornell dominated from the opening kickoff and held a 40 to nothing lead late in the game. But with 30 seconds remaining, the Penn State Penn State preparing to kick the ball to Cornell, Warner decided to run it anyway. He sent a substitute player onto the field with instructions to run the play. Whiting positioned himself to receive the kick. When, when McChesney kicked off, reported the freelance, the Cornellians at once bunched together and while State was vainly searching for the ball, Whiting, with the pigskin neatly tucked beneath his sweater, was making tracks for our goal line which he reached in safety to the intense amusement of the cold, shivering spectators. 
Again, special thanks to Jeff Miller, author of that great book on Pop Warner. We'll have a full-length interview on Jeff tomorrow, April 5th, on Pop Warner's birthday. So stay tuned, and thanks for joining in today for this great event. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.